Thank you for tuning in. This is truly an important episode and one that features our first return guest, Rico Kinningdongo, a principal architect with DLR Group. And our conversation in many ways picks up right where we left off in episode seven with what AEC leaders can do to help advance equity, diversity, and inclusion, values that need to be driven from the top. Even nine months ago, we got into some of the uncomfortable but necessary conversations and understandings needed to move forward. And in this episode, we go a bit deeper and get more specific in order to help leaders become a bigger part of the solutions being demanded. I am truly thankful for Rico in both taking the time and in having the courage as an industry leader and peer to again share his thoughtful insights and ideas to help us advance both our industry and our impact during this time of great change. So without any further delay, let's do it. Welcome to AEC Leadership Today, the podcast designed exclusively for engineering, architecture, and construction industry leaders who want to stay relevant and effective. The show takes on the most pressing issues facing the AEC industry and was created to help you and your firm grow and prosper in the 21st century. The host of AEC Leadership Today is Pete Atherton, a professional engineer and former AEC principal and owner turned AEC coach and consultant. And now, take a break from your never-ending to-do list and welcome Peter Atherton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of AEC Leadership Today. Today, we're speaking again with Rico Kittingdongo, a principal architect at DLR Group, and we're going to dig deeper into our conversation on advancing equity, diversity, and inclusion that we began last fall at the end of 2019. Welcome to the podcast, Rico. Thank you for having me back, Peter. All right. Well, I'm, I'm grateful that you're here um, and to get into our topic today. And just so the listeners know me, we, as I mentioned, we spoke um, last fall on the podcast, and we'll put links to that in the show notes. We discussed equity, diversity, and inclusion, and barriers, um, and doing more um, of, of what we can do to expand the pipeline of diverse talent, and even how leadership teams can begin to do more and learn more about equity, diversity, inclusion. Um, but it, it seems like a lot has changed um, in terms of new awareness and new energy and opportunities to further advance equity, diversity, inclusion. And so I want to get into that, but. Um, Wanna, before we begin, um, I'd like to make sure we're all on the same page regarding some key terms and words that are used. And, and to this end, can we go through in kind of rapid fire format um, and talk about equity, diversity, inclusion, justice, and agency, um, beginning with sure. equity? Um, how do you define equity and, and how is that used in the context and specifically in the AEC world? Um, so it's a good question, and I and as with most of these things, it's can somewhat complicated. But I think when I think of equity at its most rudimentary form, what we're talking about is uh, everyone having a seat at the table, right? So, particularly when we think about development uh, and communities being impacted, uh, as a member of a POC community where there's a developer coming in and, and uh, doing a development in my neighborhood. Did I know it was happening? Was I involved in the design process? Were considerations of my uh, culture and my community uh, embraced, considered, incorporated in the project? These are all pieces of what uh, a conversation around equity is about. Okay, and then that, that would that would translate internally, just making sure that you know everyone has a seat at the table in re internal to an organization regarding in internal organizational matters, too. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, we just actually had a robust conversation around that uh, at DLR Group and our architecture engineering. Uh, firm where you know we were talking about the interiors the mechanical electrical structural engineers um uh and then the architects uh interior designers like how is it that from the very beginning of the project or not even the beginning of the project before it starts 
like how is everyone invited to the table to say what do you think about this opportunity what would you like us to be thinking about how do you want to be considered how do you want to be included okay and then so what what about diversity how, how is diversity um a little different or how, how does it work with equity well i mean diversity beyond kind of the overuse of the word i mean at the end of the day wait what 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 we understand and i'm talking about black architects i'm talking about pocs um people of color what we understand is there is not adequate representation of our voices of our numbers in practice and if we you know so i, I think that uh black architects that we're at two percent uh, of the population of practicing architects right now. Um, if the pipeline uh, to practice looked different, if educational outreach looked different, if uh, kids in K-12, uh, particularly in communities of color, understood that architecture was a practice, that it was an important thing that they consider or get involved in that architecture transforms and contributes to their communities and it's a part of social justice like if all those were part of our k-12 curriculum we would find more pocs going to college to get an education and demanding that they be supported financially supported you know um to to be able to have access to that education and and uh, a lot of it is about access and access to capital. Okay, so diversity is is a little bit about the numbers and having the right amount of representation. What what about inclusion? What how, how is that different? You know, equity, having a seat at the table, diversity, having the right representation. What what about inclusion? How's that different and related? Yeah, it's a it, it, there is an important distinction to make there, and and I I will admit that I conflated the two inclusion really is more about the having a seat at the table and a conversation around equity often is around do we all have equal access to opportunity and there's a relationship between those things right um but uh in inclusion just drives straight back to do i feel like the decisions being made, the processes put in place, the policies that I'm affected by. Was I included in the process of making those policies? Was I included in the design of the project, the entity, the idea, the focus group? Um, because uh, if included at the table, it often looks very different than when it is done to us instead of by us. Right. So the distinction is I, I can have a seat at the table, but was I included in the discussion, number one? And number two, was I heard? Um, yes. In, in, in that piece. So the other aspect that's being added now that I, I've recognized, and, and I wanted to ask you, you, you know, how you define this is we had the equity, diversity, inclusion, and now, you know, we talk more, see more about justice, equity, diversity, inclusion. How, what is the, the definition of the justice piece? Um, well, I mean, to be plain, we, and I'm talking about the black community, um, we have been disregarded, disrespected, not included, held back, under-resourced, put down, had, our, had the door closed in front of us for over 400 years. So justice would look like uh, correct, not only correcting all those things, but um, pro providing us some form of reconciliation, reparation for the damage that has been done. Okay, so it's not just, you know, equity, diversity, inclusion, it just hasn't happened. We did do a little bit more to let it ha let it happen. But, but the, the justice piece is, in some cases, or maybe in all cases, um, or historically, 
generally speaking, um, it wasn't allowed to happen or, or it was fought against. And so the justice pieces remove the big barrier and then we can start talking more about equity, diversity, and inclusion, but there's a, a justice barrier initially where um, it, it wasn't meant to happen and, and we need to talk about and address that um, to allow equity and diversity and inclusion to flow moving forward. Yeah, and I, I think that you will find that there are a lot of people that um, don't understand what, what really EDI is about in terms of leveling the playing field and where the question comes, well, why, why should I be giving up this power position or this opportunity? Why do I, why, why should I be giving preferential treatment to such and such group or so-and-so? And, -so? and I, I think that the justice discussion is around how uh, POCs, black people, women, we have been excluded explicitly and intentionally from opportunity and institutional racism is a thing, whether people understand it or not. And so part of the first step is actually all of us educating ourselves about what that is, what it means, uh, and why it has been, why it is as uh, overwhelming and impossible to overcome. And only by starting that education process can we look at ourselves and understand even begin a conversation about what justice looks like. Okay, so at a very raw level, it's, it's putting today and the opportunities moving forward in historical context. So we, we just have an awareness of where we're starting. Yes. And then we can move forward. Um, all right, the, the last term that is well, used and, a lot and today. And acknowledging the I, ills of the past. Correct. Correct. I thank, and thank you. Um, for that. So the, the other term is agency. Um, and, you know, when we talk about people's personal agency or an organizational agency, a professional agency, um, what is meant by that? So I believe that we all have agency as individuals. And I, I would say that the, what the term has to do with is around giving ourselves permission to act to, to however it is that we feel, whatever it is that we believe in, whatever it is that we want or hope for, having permission for that to be okay, for us to advocate for it, speak out uh, about it, engage in it, um, uh, to be a part of the change that we wanna see. And I think that for a, a lot of us, uh, we don't feel like we have that permission. We don't feel like we, have the right to demand the things that will make us whole, the things that we need, the voice that we want in the conversation. Okay, excellent. And, and that's, a, that's, a powerful, that's a powerful concept. So, okay, now that we have, you know, a, a sort of a, a working definition of what those terms are, um, what I wanted to, to talk about is, you know, over the last couple of months in particular, I mean, there's been widespread calls for change in terms of equality. Um, what, what do you think is different today in terms of expectations and opportunities related to moving forward with equity, diversity, inclusion, and particularly in, in the AEC space? How is today different than it was just five months ago? Well, George Floyd happened and I think looking at where we already were with COVID quarantines and a disproportionate impact uh, to disadvantaged communities and uh, communities of color, which has always been the case when you look at uh, economic distress. I think that uh, with the tragedy and death of George Floyd, there there came has come a moment of enough is enough and so that has changed i mean much to my surprise frankly like that has inspired a level of investment by the people to say 
we have got to make a change. We have got to change the direction of this nation. And that is on every level and with every consideration, whether it's access to capital, whether it's uh, housing, whether it's education, whether it's police reform, whether it's social justice. All, I mean, like the list is long. <laughs> And I, I do, you know, what I what I am very aware of right now is that in the AAC community, there are lots of forums that are um, being held, discussions being had, uh, phone conversations, meetings, panels, where uh, the question is being asked, what can we be doing? What should we be doing? Um, and it's not going to be a quick fix. It's a long, it's, it's been a long road to get us to where the terrible place that we are right now, it's going to be a very long road to get us out. Right. And I, I do have some questions. I, I want to dig into that. Um, your perspective being in the industry and being a, a, a senior member of the industry. Um, but, bef you know, when we get to, to that point, um, calls for change, there, there's, there's a acknowledgement that we've got to talk uh, more about race and talk more about equality, but there's an uncomfortableness around that and, and even some tension around it. How, in your experience and perspective, how would we ease that tension um, to be able to have conversations about these social topics that we normally don't have in the workplace? Um, you're not going to like this answer, Peter. I don't, I think the answer is you don't. I don't think that you can ease the tension. I think that I think that entering into the conversation, having an understanding that there will be and needs to be the acceptance of tension, is the first step of being able to have a productive conversation, which doesn't which doesn't give anyone the excuse to be abusive to anybody else in having that conversation around equity, diversion, inclusion, social justice. Uh, but it does mean that. There is a, a huge amount of pent-up anger, pain, distress, and hurt that has been carried by many of us for a very long time. And part, the, I mean, the first step of all this is simply listening and hearing that it exists, let alone trying to conceive of what to do about it. Right. So, so the, 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 the leaders wanting to engage in this discussion, I mean, it really needs to be facilitated in a way that it's going to be a safe zone. We, we want to be able to have the discussion and the dialogue, and it may range from one thing to another thing. And, and, and but the idea is let's start the dialogue and it, and if it gets very uncomfortable, we're okay with that. We, we want to arrive to a place, but we want to be able to, um, let, let people say what they need to say, listen to what people say, and then arrive at a point where we feel like there's enough information to move forward. Is that, do you think that's a, a reasonable approach? I think at, at a conceptual level, yes. I think the reality is, is that just like any good relationship, um, there is no ultimate arrival. It is, it is about a constant discerning and a constant engagement in a process and always reinvesting in that process and so i think if you're looking at recovery and reconciliation the it, it is the exact same thing being comfortable to be uncomfortable is a commitment that that has to be made hearing things that are painful to hear or that you don't like didn't believe were true or didn't want to be true or wish they weren't true that's all fine but the reality is whether you like to hear it or not you need to hear it we need to say it it's hard for me to talk about these things but if I don't take responsibility myself to talk about them well how the hell am I going to actually affect change myself and so I have to daily I don't want to say force myself but uh, require of myself to remain engaged and be engaged and have the hard conversations but then also acknowledge that sometimes I can't. It's exhausting. Uh, and it doesn't always feel safe. Uh, and so it's, it's a constant push-pull. Uh, and you do have to be able to uh, take restful breaks on both sides of the table. 
um, not you can't always be in conversation in crisis in conflict that's never good for anyone um, but one of the things that you said facilitation I think that's a huge hugely important piece of the puzzle going back to relationships where, where you know any good relationship that lasts over a long time you will often have a facilitator a counselor who who helps facilitate you through a difficult conversation with your partner in in an edi conversation we do not have the ability to perceive things beyond ourselves we are all inherently selfish and self-centered we are centered in ourselves hopefully the rea the reality is this that in order to facilitate a difficult conversation around the pains of the past, lack of opportunity, how we move forward toward reconciliation, that has to be facilitated by a third party who can straight out the gate help you, help an organization to establish where you are, you know, take the temperature of the organization, the set of individuals that are trying to work together, and from a third party perspective, be able to say, okay, well, you know, I had you answer this hundred questions and we've spent the last uh, six weeks doing listening sessions. And this is what we understand of where you are on a scale of totally un, uh, unengaged and uneducated or unwilling to entirely woke and like knocking it out of the park. Um, and you can't do that without external facilitation. Mm, I, I mean, I love the depth of your answer um, to what, even in my, I, I thought maybe that's fairly straightforward, but I, you know, I, and I love what you said about, you know, we need to be comfortable um, for being uncomfortable. Um, and that's going to be a reality moving forward. And we have to put the effort in. So I, I really appreciate that answer. The other kind of big topical thing I wanted to get your perspective on was, what do you think of leaders and organizations making statements at, at this point, uh, you know, even internally or, or externally, you know, saying that it matters what's going on and, and they want to be part of the solution. Do you have any thoughts on, on, on the statements um, and, and advice for companies making them or, or planning on making statements? That's a great question, Peter. So I will say this, authenticity matters. And I have struggled with this. Uh, you know, even our own firm, we, you know, we, had, we put out an internal statement uh, after the George Floyd uh, tragedy uh, murder. Um, we put out an external statement um, around our commitment to Black Lives Matter. And I was resistant. My, my, my concern on the front end was, well, you know, it's funny because I haven't really heard us talking about Black Lives Matter before last week. So why is it all of a sudden like we're adopting this? Um, not that I don't think it should be adopted, but are we just jumping on the bandwagon? And is it just today's news, which will be forgotten two months from now? Or are we making a real commitment to change, which is the next two, three, five, 10, 15 years? And that's what's hard. And so when a, when a corporate executive leader says, I care and I wanna make a difference and I wanna change how we work, I think that's, I think that's real. I think that's right. But you got to come to it understanding that it's a lot of hard work and it's going to take a long time and a real commitment. And that commitment is both time and money. Well, and I, I appreciate that response too, because I, I think, you know, so many of the leaders that I've connected with and know of, you know, truly kind of reach the same point, you know, there's a moment of change here and we want to be part of that solution. But I mean, just even your, you know, the depth of your previous answer and the context for this is going to take a while. Um, I think that that's setting that expectations um, for what it takes moving forward. So 
you know, with, with that, you know, so I, I do hear from so many leaders and firms who want to learn more about what's happening. Um, certainly this um, episode is part of that. Um, and, but they also want to do more and be part of, of a solution moving forward. Um, it, also the acknowledgement that this is new ground. Um, and to me, it's like, I, I break that down into several different components. So there's, you know, in one sense, what can we do individually? Um, versus what can we do organizationally? And then, you know, within either of those, individually, organizationally, what, what can and maybe should we do in our sphere of influence? And then what can or should we do in the broader context of, of systematic issues? Um, do you think that's a reasonable way to look at this? I, I think it's a fundamental way that you have to look at it. Um, I mean, we are not our organizations. Um, we and we each come into into our work uh, into our workplace uh, from very different places. So I I think that you know, starting with how does this impact me individually? What is it that I believe in, care about, have the energy to invest in, want to invest in, feels important for me to invest in. Like that has to start with the individual and the answer is not, I mean, it's going to be very different from one person to the next. Um, but that's where you have to start. I mean, I think that for organizations, you know, I, there's, you know, I'm, 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 I'm watching peers uh, and firms uh, around me struggle with uh, what is the change that they need to make? How do they begin that process? Who provides leadership? And where do you start? Um, and those are all really good questions. Um, I think that unfortunately, because there's, there is some gut response that we have to do something now immediately. Um, I think that that often puts people in a position to make decisions prematurely or put people in a position to lead an effort that they may not be uh, interested in leading or qualified to lead. Um, uh, and that, you know, uh, that it, I mean, if not considered carefully, and I'll just go back to an EDI framework, like, if not considered carefully, you can invest in the change, invest in creation of an EDI framework for a corporation, for an office, uh, where if you, if you don't, if you do it poorly, you will cause more harm than taking more time to do it well. And I, and I realize that's a broad statement, but the, the, the fact of the matter is, because there's so much to consider here uh, and culture is comp complex and complicated, you, it, it's part of why I keep going back to the duration of time that this will take. Educating ourselves. I mean, think about it from the perspective of a design project. When you when you, before you start the project, you do research about the client opportunity, you know, whether the opportunity is right, whether the client is aligned with uh, the values of your practice, and whether this is someone that you can work with and provide to them what they need, and, and you can do it in a way that, that is right for what you do. That's before you even get started. And then, there's an iterative process that you enter into after that iterative design process you into, enter into after that. That design process, that iteration has to exist in an EDI framework as well. And that first phase of just learning, researching, educating, listening, that first piece is a really long, hard beginning that is that will take a fair amount of time and even after you start the process and even after you move to the next phase where you go from just listening to beginning a conversation about okay well what what can we begin to do differently you, that listening never stops right and so who 
who should be, if, if the, the people want to take action, and if the first action is, I need to get to this point where I'm, I'm listening and learning, who, who do you suggest should, should be at the table and included and, and heard in that conversation? Is, is, there a, is there a way to say, we want to start a series of meetings, and this is who we'd like at the table and, and hear from um, in a way that you know, is authentic but can actually start that sort of design process in a way. Yeah, I, this is a subject that I've been struggling with lately, i.e. who, who is invited and who's representing whom. Um, and I, I don't actually think that there are, I mean, at least for me right now, there's not an easy answer to that question. Uh, you know, uh, we just convened uh, a small group ourselves, which is representative of our different work sectors uh, and then also different age, uh, age groups within the firm um, in terms of where they are in their, their um, career development, um, which, is one, which is one way of, of looking at the puzzle. But, you know, like you, you can, you know, do we, do, do, do we have every race represented? Do we have uh, every like uh, affiliation, uh, gender rep representation? Is it well balanced? Like do, like you can, you can, you can overanalyze yourself to a point where you can't actually do the work. And so I think that part of, part of, I mean, you have to ask the question, who needs to be at the table? How are we gonna make decisions for who is represented? What does uh, equity look like and inclusion look like for this process? You're not gonna get it right. None of us are gonna get it right because we're, we're just starting. It's an imperfect science. And there, at a conceptual level, consensus is great. Consensus is hard and consensus is rare. What is, what is more likely is that in order to get started, there's a framework that will be created and hopefully that's an inclusive process, the creation of the framework. Um, it needs to be. Uh, but there are people that are always going to feel like they weren't, that you presented them a avenue for uh, providing their opinion, but they didn't feel like they were heard enough or that you didn't come back to them frequently enough or that something that they told you was not um, absorbed and incorporated. It is, and, and this is where the work is just going to be hard. Um, Am I being redundant? I feel like I'm. No, I no. Like I think I think this that is one one strategy I was talking with a leadership team about recently to be able to to get information um, on a almost a, a leader to leader basis or, or senior talent to senior talent basis to be able to sort of frame up how do we want to um, to talk about this and, and and what can we do you know almost immediately to to to, to learn information um to how to approach things within our organization but but maybe to make a difference and and help um, um professionals you know uh, uh, that are rep my you know represented from a minor perspective in the industry and that's to engage you know disadvantaged business enterprises and minority business enterprises and, and women business enterprises that, you know, we, we are normally a general contractor or a general firm that hires and um, the relationship typically is, is, you know, in a certain way to, um, to, to meet percentages on projects and, and, and but, but we want to have a dialogue to say, how can we work better together and, and what are you up against and, and as a professional to professional in the same organization, but now talking about um, a new issue that we're not used to talking about um, and looking at things in new ways. Is that a little bit of a, a, a step in a safer zone to be able to get information and insights industry specific. And then based on that, be able to better engage internally and think about how can we be more of a difference? That's a kind of a long question, but I guess that what do, what do you think about engaging our, our, um, our, our colleagues who are in um, 
minority and disadvantaged and women-owned businesses into our discussion, assuming that we're not? Um, it's another good question. I mean, you know, as a as a majority firm, we we do a lot of public work, and so that's often a part of pursuing uh, any individual project opportunity. Is what is our MBE, WBE, DBE, um, inclu like inclusion, like what, what is the percentage of minority and woman-owned and small-owned uh, businesses that are part of the project team? Um, I think that, that going back to something I was talking about earlier, I think that, have, I think that building authentic relationships with partners that we share values with that is what is critically important which is very different than checking a box because you had a list of uh minority owned subs and you called you know a half a dozen of them pick two or three that that got you to the percentage that you needed and therefore you you could fill out the rfq uh uh proposal we, what what we need is opportunity, mentorship, growth, and you get that through true partnerships. That that you know they they can start with any one opportunity, but they build over time as you do more and more together. And so I think that the the question for any uh, majority owned firm, any any large white corporation, or small. Uh, white corporation is what where are the POC woman-owned business small practice partnership opportunities that have value and that matter and where you're building a relationship of, of trust and where you're actually doing something that is changing a conversation. Uh, understanding, and I don't think that I've said this, understanding that the most one of the most important issues here is that design is better when more voices are heard. There's so much, there's so much inherent bias when we design alone that only in conversation with others that are not like us, can we deliver a design which is actually inclusive and uh, serves a community larger than one with whom we are familiar with ourselves. So and I, 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 I agree with that. And I think the data supports that. Um, any study that's been done that I've come across supports that. Um, so, I mean, but, but seeking, you know, to reestablish or, or redefine relationships with um, disadvantaged businesses it can be a start to not only helping those businesses, but also providing, you know, education um, that, that, that we can use to improve our practices moving forward, not just in our projects, but in, in, uh, in awareness of, of, of what's happening. Yes. So I, I guess along those lines too, one of the questions that has, has come up is, you know, there are various, you know, um, I, I guess initiatives related to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and certainly from an ethnicity perspective, from a gender perspective, and, um, and from a sexual orientation perspective, and particularly with the Supreme Court recently, you know, um, saying you can't discriminate on, on, on that basis in addition to other bases. For organizations who we're looking independently or, or possibly looking at and different people involved with equity, diversity, and inclusion from these different perspectives. What do you think about aligning or combining a discussion about equity, diversity, and inclusion across different sort of segments or being able to sort of address one at a time? I mean, what, what's your thoughts on, on how best to move forward with that or at least have a discussion on how best to move forward? Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for clarification on the question. I think what you're asking is, how do we set the table for multiple different parties without those parties feeling like they're not being addressed, like their individual needs aren't being addressed? Am I, I am I? 
Right. I guess that's option option one. Should we be doing that as as leaders and and, and firms? Um, and and if so, you know, if, if that if we shouldn't be doing that, is is there a better way to sort of look at um, all the all the aspects of equity, diversity, inclusion? Yeah, I. So I think that we. I think that we're going to learn more about the answer to that question as we uh, as we open up and begin more of these EDI processes in firms and start to develop some best practices that I don't think actually exist yet. I mean, I when I was a um, student at Washington University in St. Louis, uh, there there came a point in my senior year where there was a huge um, uh, upsurge of dissatisfaction by uh, the black student body that I was a part of because the uh, there was a change that was being discussed around uh, essentially dismantling the African-American studies program uh, and instead uh, investing in a multicultural studies uh, program. The, the, the fundamental issue there being that uh, African-American studies and multicultural studies are not the same thing. Um, and, you know, if, I, if, if we're talking about uh, uh, issues for POC communities, for uh, black professionals, for an LGBTQIA plus community, um, like it, you can't, you, you can't make one broad addressing to the collective community of difference and have it be meaningful to anyone. <laughs> and so I, uh, I, I don't, I, I think that how we start is going to be very different from one, uh, from one group, one organization to the next. And I think that, you know, uh, how, how this conversation gets structured, I think it's, I, I mean, I think it's just going to look, I, 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 I can see focus groups that focus on uh, different parts of the culture of our organization. I, I can see times where we're coming together to, to report out collectively on, on the smaller conversations that we're having. I, I can see how there's some things that can be done related to like uh, an integrated culture of practice that, that actually make a requirement of everyone and provide an opportunity for everyone. Um, but I just, there, there's not a one size fits all here. Okay, I mean, well, well, well said. And again, I, I so appreciate the depth of, of your answer and the consideration that goes into those answers because I think leaders really need to understand um, and want to understand the, the depth of this. Um, this all being said, I mean, you know, taking on equity, diversity, and inclusion, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard, complicated, time-consuming, take energy and commitment. Um, and that's on top of, you know, running the practice and, and finding revenues and staying profitable and, and, and all of that. What, what if a leader doesn't take this on? I mean, do you think there, there are risks move, moving forward or, you know, any specific risks or, or general risks um, knowing that this is going to take a lot of work that leaders should be aware of? Well, Peter, you know that I'm incredibly biased. So <laughs> the answer you're going to get out of me is not surprising. Um, I don't think that not taking on these issues of equity, diversity, and inclusion I don't think that not taking them on is an option. I mean, I, you, you can, I, I don't think any, I, well, I don't know. I, I would like to think that no one is making that choice, but that that's certainly, that's not true. Um, in, in the communities that I'm in, people, everyone is making that choice. But uh, what we know is that people, I mean, in a capitalist culture, people choose with the dollar. And, and they invest their dollars in the things that they want and they need and that they respect. And the reality is, is that we have a, 
you know, we, we are in a watershed moment, a huge time of change where people are demanding more of the uh, corporations and organizations that they work with and equity, diversity, and inclusion is now a huge part of that discussion. And so ultimately, and, and I don't want to oversimplify, but ultimately, like, if we aren't investing in having a culture of practice, which is more representative of the communities that we are serving or need to be serving or need to be served, then they are not going to come to us and they are going to go somewhere else where they are respected, where they are, where the, the work, the sensitive work that needs to be done to create the uh, spaces, places, buildings uh, that where they work, live, practice, play, um, shop, like if we aren't addressing the cultural needs of that very broad, of a very broad community, then we aren't going to get the work ultimately that that is that is where that that's not going to happen tomorrow i mean for some it will but the the reality is that what we see in the workplace now what we see uh when a request for qualifications hits the streets that is starting to change what is being asked of us is starting to change and difference and diversity and sensitivity to culture is going to matter more and more every day. You saw it happen in a green movement. You saw it happen with environmental sustainability. It is now going to happen in what I call social sustainability. Okay, well, well, thank, thank you for that. So I want to be very respectful of your time. Um, what is there anything else you'd like to share or add to, to help encourage or assist um, AEC leaders in advancing equity, diversity, and inclusion that we, we haven't spoken about? Well, I, I, I think there's a reality here that, that, that I have to admit, you know, with, with the crisis that COVID has uh, placed on us, you know, the, the economic impact um, to all of our communities that has hit the uh, AEC industry very hard. Um, and all of our budgets are, you know, up in the air in question, being restructured, uh, just like the last recession. There are many firms that, that will either be heavily impacted financially and some that just simply won't make it through. It's within that context then, you know, having a discussion around investment uh, in, uh, you know, investing in our people, in investing in an EDI uh, process. Like it's hard to, to as, as you mentioned earlier, it's hard to, to take on that, in air quotes, extra uh, effort when you're just trying to keep the doors open. And so I, I think that, you know, it, it, while making the hard choices about where to invest and where not to, I think, it, I think that it will be very important for firm owners, uh, leaders to be in constant conversation with each other and themselves around uh, how they prioritize uh, what they invest in in order to make their practices um, uh, viable, whole, effective. Uh, and I do think that this is, for many, a, a new component. Um, but I think it's one that is not only incredibly valuable, I think it is critical and essential. Right. And, 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 and go ahead, sorry. Well, no, and, and I appreciate like you, like, like, creating the space and, and the opportunity to talk about it because it, it's 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 a really important time yeah and as, as leaderships i mean it wasn't too long ago where leadership your responsibility is business strategy 
um, well, it, it's, it's expanded. It, it's about culture and diversity and innovation and sustainability too. And, and, and the, but those all feed into business strategy. So it, it, it's, it's something new, but really it's not because leadership has already moved into this. It's just, we have a little bit more work to do right now um, to be able to sort of live out all tenants that, um, of, of what I just said. So um, I want to thank you, Rico, for joining the podcast again and being open to having this thoughtful conversation um, to help advance our industry and, and all the leaders and practitioners in that in the industry forward in, in this time of change. So I, I really appreciate your willingness to do that. Well, like I said, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. I, I think that, you know, for for any practitioner that was involved in a community design practice, uh, we know that this isn't new, um, but that these are just, if, if, if I talk about what I believe is important in design, all of these considerations around inclusion and diversity and equity are paramount and foundational. So I, I'm just, I'm excited that it's, be, that the conversation is being elevated um, and that it's being explored in multiple forums. And I just, I hope that uh, we continue to do this on a large scale uh, for a very long time. It's been a long time coming. Mm, I, I, I agree. So, well, well, thank you again. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I look forward to chatting with you in the future. Thank you, Peter. Same, same. Take care. Well, that's a wrap. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to and rate this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to the show from. There are links on my website and in the show notes to do so. And please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. It really helps to get us established. And I truly appreciate that. It also helps get the word out so that together we can collectively grow and positively impact the lives of others, both inside and beyond our organizations. So thank you. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of AEC Leadership Today. If you want to stay relevant and effective and take your growth and prosperity to new levels, it's time to take action. To learn more about how Pete can help take you and your firm to the next level, visit www.actionsprove.com. That's www.actionsprove.com. See you next time on the AEC Leadership Today podcast.